Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Howdy and welcome to Wiki Shuffle. My name's Jack. Here is Chris. Hello. And here's Phil. Hello. Phil, we've been nominated for something. Tell the listeners, please. We have been nominated for the New Media Europe Podcast Awards and we're in the category this year of Best Podcast. Now, as you're listening to this, you will have, if you're listening on the Tuesday when it when it comes out, you've got four more days left to vote. Head on over to wikishuffle.co.uk and there we will tell you on our front page where to vote. You need to have a Twitter account and you can vote every day between now and the 10th of June. Just click the button and it will automatically populate a tweet that will say you want us to win and we be very grateful. I was really late today. <laughs> We're not talking about that. Stop being so grumpy. I made one mistake. I slept in. I opened my eyes at We're the wrong time. We're not talking about it. It's fine. We've moved on. Oh, no, you haven't moved not on. Doing I, can the... tell. I can tell you haven't moved on. No, I haven't moved on, but I'm not talking about it. It's fine. What's an hour and 45 minutes between it's friends? one time. Two times. <laughs> two times. <laughs> two times. Two times out of 75. How, how many times has anybody else been late? We have all been late... On various occasions. You've been late. I've never been an hour and 40 minutes late. No one's an hour and 40 minutes late. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. Nope. I want to talk about swearing. Before we do any wiki shuffling, Phil, I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with you. Oh, there's bones all over the place today. Bloody is not a swear word. You beeped bloody out quite a few times. For people that haven't heard last week's podcast, just so you can understand what's going on, Jack made a solemn oath to not do any swearing in the course of the podcast. And I didn't, apart from quotes. And maybe one or two slips. <laughs> so I put a klaxon on the edit of all the times that he swore. And some of them he was quoting other people, therefore it's legitimate, mm-hmm. apparently. Yeah, it is. Of okay. course it is. And one of them was bloody. But and Bloody I is not a swear word. No, it probably isn't. I was probably a little harsh mm-hmm. there and that I might allow you to carry on saying bloody. I'm also not going to klaxon your swearing anymore because that would get pretty tiresome. Pretty, we won't need to because I'm not going to. You're not going to swear anymore. Are you sure? Are you, sh- are you really sure? I might swear what? at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Chris. Look him in the eye and tell me that you don't want to swear. Such a smug little bastard, isn't he? <laughs> so bloody isn't a swear word. So I apologise no. to you. I'm not going to go back in and Thank re-edit you. the episode. That's not going to happen. That's fine as long as everyone knows that you're wrong, you've been in the wrong, and Chris has been in the wrong, and now we're ready to start the episode. Sister Sledge. We are family. We are family. We are this family. Is good, it's unifying <laughs> us all together through the medium of music. Mm. I got all my sisters with me. Sister Sledge is an American musical group from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Formed in 1971, the group consisted of sisters Debbie, Joni, Kim, and Kathy Sledge. That was their actual surname. I don't think I realised that. No. I suppose that makes more sense than if they'd chosen the name Sister Sledge. That, yeah. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? But if that's their name, then fair enough. 1979 saw the release of their breakthrough album, We Are. 
our family. With Kathy leaving in 1989, the group have since oh. operated as a trio. Not so much of a family. They got rid of Kathy, just like we're going to get rid of Chris. It doesn't say they got rid of it, it just said she left. Maybe she just couldn't take the touring. Maybe she knew that she was the weakest of the group and thought... Well, maybe sometimes she just me. slept in and it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Symbolising strong family values, as long as the fourth one wasn't involved, the siblings <laughs> achieved international success at the height of the disco era. I keep right. feeling he's going to hit me. Can you, can you act as a barrier? Sister Sledge's 1979 single, We Are Family, reached number two on the US Billboard Hot 100 and earned them a Grammy Award nomination. I really don't like that song. Some of their other stuff's quite good, but it's we'll get to that. It's a wedding song, isn't it? The group had UK top 20 hits with Mama Never Told Me, He's the Greatest Dancer, We Are Family, Lost in Music and Thinking of You before reaching number one in the UK singles chart with the song Frankie in 1985. So it looks as though they were a lot more successful in the UK than they were in the US. No, um, yeah, but that happens sometimes. That? It does, yeah. Rarely, though. Um, sometimes it happens the other way around, which is always confusing when you get bands like, that are um, huge in America and yet don't really achieve anything here at all, like Bush. Who else? I can't think of bands, but Craig Ferguson, the Scottish talk show host. Yes, who, who nobody has heard of. Never here. registered. And we gave him. we gave them Piers Morgan, and they gave him back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They could have kept hold of him, to be honest. Yeah, they, did. they returned him. <laughs> Faulty goods. Yeah. yeah. That was directed in a certain direction. <laughs> it's because I looked at you when I said the last bit. That's a question I was wanting to ask both of you, actually. Well, since we're talking about friendship now. When, when, when we're going to kill each other. No, you're not going to kill... Cause Within you, the hour. I know that you're both fine, really, and you'll both get over it, and it'll be fine, and you'll all make up. What I wanted... I wanted um, uh, to introduce a feature called Ask a Millennial, because... Oh, okay. Because you yeah, two have you got being, a jingle for that? I haven't. Go on. Make Ask a Millennial. Don't like that. Try, it, try <laughs> another. That was, that was horrible. Try a different one. Ask a Millennial. That's that better. is much better. Okay. Ask a millennial. All right, Great. stop now. Go ahead. Right, go. <laughs> so I've got two millennials around the table mm-hmm. with me right now. Hello. On Friday night, yes. the three of us went to a party. We did. Mm-hmm. Now, you knew everyone there because yep. it was your friend's party and I got invited along. And so I met a couple of people that I'd never met before. New people. Who New were excited to, li- to meet you because they, the, well, one of them at least, listened to the podcast and was like, oh, I can't wait to meet you. Phil, and then he agreed that you were better than me and Chris. Mm. So that was nice. (laughs) That's not the story I was trying to tell, although it is nice to shoehorn that in there. Mm -hmm. The question I have to ask a millennial is, when, upon meeting a new person for the first time, is it acceptable to send a friend request on Facebook? Oh, minutes. I tend not to until I've met someone twice. And if I met someone twice and I've got on like house on fire, I'll add them then. Um, Depends how much I fancied them. Yeah, how, how much did you fancy Paul? I didn't fancy either of you, the people in question. You acted I, like you did. But, <laughs> I, but I liked them both, and so come the next morning, yesterday morning, mm. I thought, oh, well, I like both of these people. I know that they're on Facebook. Yeah. And so I thought, but is it a bit creepy if I just send them both a friend request just like it's that? It's creepy if you sent them a message alongside it. Right. I think just adding them as a friend was fine. Good, yeah. because that's the decision yeah. that I reached. Yeah. Was you the, you know, did you add them? Fine. I, I added them both, and they both so what's the point in the feature? No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> saying, did I do the right thing? You okay. did do the right thing. Did I do the right yeah. thing? Did, or you, you are they okay both thing. thinking, what a creepy weirdo, he's added us as friends. Oh, God. They'll think that Bloody naturally. Generation Xers, yeah. don't they know how to use They saw your beard, they instantly yeah. thought that. 
anyway. Yeah, well, that's fine. I accept that. I don't think you've done anything wrong. I think that's quite a natural thing to do. Okay, so they're not thinking... That's not creepy? No. No. Okay. I think that's acceptable. Because I've definitely got a number of people who are my friends on Facebook who I have only met once, and then we did befriend each other, and now we're kind of just stuck in this Facebook limbo where they're there, and I get occasional updates about stuff mm-hmm. but I have no intention of ever speaking to them well, again well that's what you've got to think about before you start yeah. adding people willy nilly but that's not the end of the world is it so you think it's fine I've, yeah. I've not committed a horrible social faux pas you didn't okay. send them any no. dick pictures did you no no then you're fine no should I have done no definitely okay not. good that is the standard greeting these days <laughs> oh young people I'll never understand you but as a like a, a sort of a soft hello you send a picture of your penis flaccid to begin yeah. with if you've only met him once. Uh-huh. Once you've met him a few more times, you, you okay. can get on to um, erections. And then, yeah, buds forever. Seems like I won't be doing that. Should we get back to Sister Sledge? Yeah, sure. Daughters of Broadway tap dancer Edwin Sledge and actress Flores Sledge, Debbie, Joni, Kathy, and Kim were given vocal training by their grandmother, Viola Williams, a former lyric soprano opera singer and protege of civil rights leader Mary McLeod Bethune. Under Viola's guidance, they regularly sang at their family church until forming a band and performing at charity and political events throughout Philadelphia, aptly named Mrs. Williams's Grandchildren. Oh, that's much better. I mean, it's apt, but it's not good. Hmm. It's definitely not a good name. Please welcome to the stage, Mrs. Williams' grandchildren. (sighs) It's quite creepy, isn't it? The group toured much of the East Coast, including New York, New Jersey, and hometown Philadelphia, with Flores acting as their manager and tour bus driver, and Debbie as musical director. They released their first single, Time Will Tell, in 1971, on local music label Money Back. In 1973, they released the single Mama Never Told Me, which became a top 20 hit in the UK in 1975. But it was with the Harris Fire and Gwyn Guthrie single, Love Don't Go Through No Changes On Me. That doesn't bad. Uh, yeah. Love Don't Go Through No Changes On Me. So love does go through changes on them. Love Don't Go Through No Changes On Me. So love does go through changes on me. Love goes through changes on me. <laughs> yeah, but you're still not conveying meaning. Right, so on me, yeah, if I put love on me, yeah, there will be changes. You have been notified. But it's the love that's going through the changes, not you. Yeah, the love will change on me. Really? Whilst the love is on me, it will change. Hmm, I'm still having trouble with this. Can I, can I Google the lyrics to try and figure out what's going Please on Please do. Okay, this clears it up. Love, don't you go through no changes on me. No, no, no. Love, don't you go through no changes on me. No, no, no. No, no, no. Love, don't you go through no changes on me. No, no, no. Love, don't you go through no changes on me. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Don't come with me, no. Don't come over here. Ooh. might be that disco was never really about the lyrical content. That was the song with which the siblings enjoyed their first taste of success. 
The song was a big hit in Japan. As a result, the girls were flown to the country to perform at the Tokyo Music Festival, where they won the silver prize. Mm. The sisters also performed at the Zaire 74 concert in Africa alongside James Brown during the infamous Rumble in the Jungle boxing event. Relevant. Relevant. Very relevant. Yeah, look at us. Muhammad Ali went and died. He did. That's it. Well, it was the year for it. You say that, but I've been keeping tabs and May was a shocking month for celebrity deaths. So I'm pleased that June has got off to a flyer with Muhammad Ali. The best May had to offer was Reg Grundy, producer of Neighbours. Sister Sledge's first album, Circle of Love, was released by Atco, a subsidiary of Atlantic Records, in 1975. The group enjoyed some success in Europe, and as a result, the album Together was recorded in Germany in 1977. At something of a crossroads in their careers, the future seemed a little uncertain for the group, but Atlantic Records connected them with producer Niall Rogers and Bernard Edwards of the band Chic. Niall Rogers has never mentioned that he has been a big part of um, Disco's success. No, he's very quiet about that. He's never never really mentioned it. Mm. I didn't realise. Good for him, though. After some initial challenges in working collaboratively, the breakthrough album We Are Family was recorded and released by Cotillion. The lead single, He's the Greatest Dancer, was a number nine crossover hit. In 1979, the record's anthemic namesake, We Are Family, followed and became a worldwide smash charting at number two pop and number one R&B. The song and group were nominated for Grammys and We Are Family was adopted as the official anthem for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who went on to win the World Series that year. The album was certified platinum by the RIAA and produced two more classic disco singles, Lost in Music and Thinking of You. I don't know Thinking of You. I don't think I do either. I mean, whatever you think about it, he's the greatest dancer, We Are Family and Lost in Music. They're stone-cold classics, aren't they? They're going to be around for a long, long time to come. And probably thinking of you as well. I just can't picture how it goes. I'll probably recognise it instantly if I was to hear it. Thinking of you, you know? bit like that, yeah. Like that. Around this time, Debbie Sledge went on maternity leave and the eldest sister, Carol, filled in for her. In 1980, their follow-up album, Love Somebody Today, also written and produced by Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards, was released. Uh, of course I know it. It's a... Uh... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of you and the things you do to me. Stop looking oh, at me. <laughs> now I'm living in ecstasy. Stop it. I'm thinking of you. I'm turning off. That's weird. I like that. That's good. That's so weird. He was looking right at me and he wasn't blinking. I'm thinking of you. That's good. Yeah. In 1981, Sister Sledge worked with Narada Michael Walden, who produced their fifth studio album, All American Girls. The girls self-produced their next record, The Sisters, in 1982. Blah, blah, blah. That's not very interesting. The album Bet You Say That to All the Girls, that's awful, was released in 1983, the lead single from which featured American jazz singer Al Jarreau. The group experienced some considerable success in 1984 when they re-released Thinking of You and Lost in Music in the UK. See, that seems really cynical now. Mm. There was barely any time between them first being released and to them being re-released there. But you couldn't just get a song on Spotify, could you? You needed that radio play. In 1989, Kathy left the group to pursue a solo career. Debbie, Joni and Kim continued to perform as Sister Sledge and in 1992 collaborated with Bluey from UK acid jazz group Incognito on the single World Rise and Shine. Nope. Nope. The song featured on their Greatest Hits album, And Now, Sledge, Again. 
Oh, dear. Mm. The single reached number one in Italy and resulted in the trio hosting their own TV show there. What? Sister Stage had a TV show in Italy in 1992. Have you never had a TV show in Italy? I haven't. Have you? Yeah. Oh, what's it called? Uh, Li Diablo uh, Mizo Chizzo Parazzi. See, I don't speak any Italian, but I'm pretty sure the first bit was the devil. Uh, it's saying I'm a saucy little devil. That's the translation. Is it? Okay. Yeah. And the show is just me mainly just being a saucy little devil. In December 2000, Sister Sledge performed at the White House for the President and the First Lady at the final Christmas party of the Clinton administration. The following year, in the aftermath of 9-11, all four sisters re-recorded We Are Family as a benefit record with a host of other artists, including Diana Ross and Patti LaBelle. Debbie, Joni and Kim produced solo material during this period before being reunited in the studio to record the album Style in 2003. Due to legal difficulties, the project officially remains unreleased. Kim, an ordained minister, took some time out for the group and Joni and Debbie continued to tour with various guest artists and in 2005 performed on the famous Pyramid stage at the Glastonbury Music Festival in the UK. 2005. Were you at Glastonbury in 2005? 2007. No. It's not 2005. It's not. They're different years. In 2014, Debbie and Joni headlined the Tramlines Festival in Leeds, UK, along with hip-hop icons, Public Enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Natural Bedfellows. I'm sure you'll agree. There's a big crossover in audience there. And collaborated with Scottish electronic producer The Revenge, recording the track Stay A While in London. With Kim rejoining in 2015, all three sisters performed at a large-scale charity benefit in London for Save the Children and were invited to perform for Pope Francis along with Aretha Franklin and Andrea Bocelli at the World Festival of Families in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The performance was covered by the world's media and went viral due to crowds of nuns in the audience dancing to We Are Family. My only real experience of nuns is sister act, so that Mm. seems incredibly appropriate. What's your own experience? And nuns on the run. (laughs) Those are my two... You never met a sexy nun, because I went to a Catholic school. We had nuns who would come in and help us read. They weren't sexy, but they would help us read. I still remember a nun teaching me how to spell the word friend. It's got end at the end. Very simple. There you go. Don't worry, it's got end at the end. Chris, have you ever met a nun? Um, I think I've met one nun. What happened? Uh, As anecdotes go. Yeah, because I was Catholic. You have to do a confession, don't you, Mm. at one point. I think a nun told me where to go to go and tell all my sins. It's hell. <laughs> Get in the hole. If you go to like mass and stuff, mm. there's not like just nuns kicking around there, is there? Nah. Is there? Nah, they're they kind keep of like themselves off to themselves in yeah, their yeah. nunneries. There's just a priest and he's got his crew. So who pays for the nuns? I think um, we all pay. I'm paying for a nun right now. <laughs> yeah. When so I pay my taxes every month, I'm paying for nuns to sit around in their. Teaching him yeah. a friend. This is why it's important to um, to fill out your census form properly. Or well, as a nun, I'd be getting a load of free money <laughs> if I'd have just said occupation nun. No, more people just put down like Catholic or whatever or Christian because they can't be asked sitting down and thinking to themselves, am I actually this? Um, and therefore we're still a Christian country, so money goes towards funding silly religions. Anyway, I've got a more exciting nun story. Go if on. If you want to hear it. Yeah. I've just remembered. Okay. Um, that I'm deeply ashamed of. And it happened here, actually. There's a park just over the road from Wickershuffle HQ where all the, the grebs and the goths and the punks all used to hang out. And, you know, I was attempting. Affiliated with I was affiliated. 
I would wear black. Yeah, an associate member. I'd wear black, but I wouldn't wear like a mohawk or piercings or chains or anything like that I or tattoos. So we're maybe 14 in the gardens opposite Wicked Shuffle HQ because that's what you would do. And one day there was a, a nun walking down Bowling Green Road just as she was getting to Wicked Shuffle HQ. I thought I'd impress my friends by. This is really awful. (laughs) I shouted, none, get your tits out. Oh, what? Because I was 14 and I thought it was funny. And everyone did find it very funny, to be fair. So, you know. I mean. I'm chalking up as a a success. No, this is speaking not only volumes about you, but also the class of people you were hanging around with. 14. I I wouldn't do it now. I think you would. Did she give in to the peer she, pressure? Um, she didn't acknowledge it. That's the best option when enduring sexual abuse from a 14-year-old boy. Oh, that's not big or clever. But I did it. I just wanted to get out of there. A confession of sorts. So you sexually assaulted a nun is basically what we're talking <laughs> about here. It wasn't sexual assault. It was Well, it was borderline, wasn't it? <sighs> Astley Deep Pit Disaster. What happened? Did people Rick roll down into a pit? Did you get it? Astley. Astley, Rick Astley. Mm -hmm. Astley. It's very good. The Astley Deep Pit Disaster. And this is good. It's always nice when we do these cheery, happy, friendly. We don't know yet. Maybe it it is. maybe Maybe it's happy. Maybe it's a happy one. Yeah, maybe it's a good disaster. The Astley Deep Pit disaster was a mining accident at the Astley Deep Pit in Dukenfield, Cheshire, England, that took place on the 14th of April, 1874, killing 54 men and boys. I'm pretty sure I was right and that it's mm. not one of those happy it's not mining a happy accidents. disaster at all. No. What would a happy mining disaster look like? Um, just when they thought they were doing coal, but it turned out to be, like, treats... And gold. Uh, right. Yeah. So it's bad. It's a disaster for the people who are looking for the coal, but for the people working in the mine. Ooh, brilliant. Hmm. I get, I'm not sure anyone would call that a disaster. The people who were looking to... for coal would, if they were digging for coal and all they found was like gold and gems. gems. <laughs> um, no, again, they wouldn't think that. They could just use the gems well, to go and buy coal. It would be a disaster for the people in charge. <laughs> for the people wanting to buy coal that week. Yeah, actually, like, you know when boats turn up when and there's like motorbikes in them? What? When shipping containers go off, is that right? That's a disaster for the people who owned the, yeah, made the motorbikes. But for the people of like Cornwall, that's a great day. I was thinking actually of the the Chilean miners on the face of it, disaster. But then they became international celebrities and now there's a film. Yeah, the ones who didn't go insane. Yeah, well, they went at the time, but they got out and now they've got better again, surely. Yeah, now they've got. Doesn't affect you psychologically. How long were they down there for? About 40 days, I think. It was a long time. time. And there's a film coming out soon, and it's got your man in it. Who's your man? Your fella. Uh, Ryan Gosling. No. Danny Dyer. No. Johnny Jepp. Johnny Jepp? (laughs) Johnny Jepp's right. Johnny Jepp's never working in this town again. (laughs) Um, Poor, poor, poor Johnny Depp. Poor old Johnny Depp. Nobody's taking him seriously. Let's not get into that. All right. Prick. Who's your man? Right, well... What? Hispanic. They're all Hispanic. Oh! Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas, thank you. <laughs> he's, he's in it. Oh, right. He's like oh, head, head miner. Yeah. They're all... Are they I just think, putting all the Hispanic I think actors? Javier Bardem all... in there. Danny Trejo. <laughs> I think they've put all the Hispanic <laughs> actors in there. 
Penelope Cruz was drawn on beard. <laughs> she might be up on the surface waiting. I bet she'll be one of their wives. Yeah. I don't want to get married ever, but I think if um, if Penelope came calling, do you think she will? Maybe, maybe. I was going to do an accent, but I'm not. I made no. a judgment. Mm-hmm. So enough about Hollywood-worthy mining disasters where everybody survives and is fine at the end. Back to the Astley Deep Picked disaster. It took place on the 14th of April 1874, killing 54 men and boys. Astley Deep Pit was a coal mine started around 1845 to work the seam of coal known as the Lancashire Black Mine. When finished, it was supposedly the deepest coal mine in Britain and cost £100,000 to sink. There were a number of fatal accidents at the colliery. In July 1855, four men were being wound out of the mine when they were thrown over the headstocks, the machinery at the top of the shaft, which brings the cage up and down the shaft. Nine men were killed in the incident. Oh, crikey. I don't think I want mm. to be a miner. I don't think I fancy I imagine it's somewhat safer than this these days. Maybe not in China, but here. No. I wouldn't want to be a miner in China. Just because of the rhyming structure. Nothing could be finer than not being a miner. In March 1857, a falling stone killed a worker. In 1870, an explosion in the south side of the pit resulted in national notoriety. 200 men were benumbed, stunned and deafened, two badly injured and nine men killed. In 1874, an explosion caused the roof of a tunnel to cave in and demolish several tunnels in the Black Mine, killing 51 men and boys and injuring 91. Yikes. At this time in mining history, safety was of little concern to employers and staff. Explosions and cave-ins were considered as risks of the mining profession. Although the Mines Regulations Act had been passed in 1873, change was not quick enough throughout the coal industry. It was calculated that the national output of coal in 1881 was 154,184,300 tons. Too much coal. That's probably about the right amount. I don't know, I'm not a coal measurer, so... <laughs> Don't speak with such authority on the amount of coal in. <laughs> the industry employed nearly 500,000 people. Wow. In the first year after the Act was passed, 1873, it was reported that deaths had fallen to their lowest numbers ever at 100. At the time, Astley Deep Pit was the deepest coal mine in Britain and possibly the world at 686 and a half yards or 2,060 feet at the time it opened in 1858. This meant that the temperature at the bottom of the mine was high, gaining about one degree Fahrenheit for every 60 feet descended. Whew. The mine had taken 12 years to dig and was reported to have cost the owner, Mr. F.D. Astley, over £100,000. And the site employed around 400 people working in shifts 24 hours a day. The mine was sunk to the Lancashire Black Mine, a thick seam of coal. Coal from this seam was highly sought after and was the most expensive, thus returning the highest profits for the owners. The disaster. The accident was started by a roof collapse in a tunnel in the Black Mine about 70 feet from the bottom of the downcast shaft. This shaft was the main access for both miners descending to work at the coalface and for equipment. The tunnel was known as the Half Moon Tunnel and was, by mining standards, quite large at around 25 feet long and 40 feet wide. The Half Moon Tunnel had been prone to problems after it had caught fire in a previous incident and regular falls of stone and earth were reported. Miners and workers were sent to shore the roof of the tunnel up and began working on it with hand tools and reportedly a steam engine. The roof suffered a complete collapse. This collapse was in itself not a great cause for concern as it would not have been too difficult for the remaining workers to dig out and free the miners, although it would have taken several hours. 
The collapsing roof released a large amount of fire damp, a naturally occurring flammable gas which frequently caused explosions as it had in the previous accident of 1870. Unfortunately, there were several miners nearby who were using a naked flame. Davy lamps and other safety lights had been available since 1815, but were not readily available for the miners who were expected to buy their own, and it was common practice for open lanterns to be used. The resulting explosions collapsed further shafts and setting fire to support beams and caused the death of the 54 men. So even though there were safety lamps available, people just weren't using them because they were too expensive and they were expected to buy their own. Bloody health and safety. Yeah. Coming in here. Saving people's lives. Taking our women, taking our jobs and making us safe. The report of the House of Commons states that it may have also been caused by a blocking of the ventilation shafts, preventing any gases from escaping and so making the mine at extreme risk of explosion. The New York Times reported that the fire was still burning fiercely on 16th of April, two days after the explosion. The event caused massive upset at the town as the men were all buried locally in the following week. The miners' union helped the families out and a memorial to commemorate the men that had died was erected. Its location is unknown. Oh. That's not a very good memorial. Oh. No one can find it. <laughs> it's one of the main things yeah. that memorials should be. It's locatable. <laughs> you can't ask me to remember something if you don't tell me where it is. There was a coroner's inquest before the funerals were heard, and notably the deaths of the mine inspector tell that there were two present, Mr Wynne and Mr Bell, the government inspector of mines. The debate over mining accidents has continued, and hearings in the House of Commons instigated by Mr MacDonald were heard in a debate in 1878. The notes also included a list of accidents and their causes heard in evidence by a jury. The jury noted these statements concerning the Astley Deep Pit. We are of the opinion that Elijah Swain is not competent to have the sole management of such a mine as this. The persons have been killed by want of good management. And then of the disaster in 1874, that the primary cause of the explosion was the blocking up of the mouthing leading to the smithy mines, that this was an act of gross ignorance or of culpable negligence. The jury considered that there is distinct evidence as to the employment of incompetent persons and placing them in authority. The jury desire to express their strong opinion that the present system of inspection is inadequate. This, to tie it in to mm. things going on today... Mm. This is why regulation is really important. And to suggest that it's just red tape and that it's just people willfully making our lives more difficult, mm. well, it isn't. And by us stepping away from the European regulations as they exist, if we were to, which I, I genuinely don't think we will, but if we were to, we can't just not have these regulations. We will just need to write new ones. Tell you what, if we leave the EU, let's just put into practice everything that we're currently doing with the EU and then just not have all the trade and all the benefits. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't on any way of looking at it. Of course it doesn't. I can't I can't even talk about it without getting angry because I'm pretty worried we're going to leave. I I feel like we're going to be okay. I feel like... And when it comes to the actual won't. vote, the Brexiters are just disproportionately vocal. Right, chirp up, everybody. The mine closed in 1901. Chirp <laughs> up, everybody. Mining disasters. The mine closed in 1901 after 43 years of a promised 100 years of production. The only signs that it existed were the slag heap, which was still there until bulldozed flat in the 1970s, a pond left there from before the time of the mine that had been shown on a survey map in 1850, and three fences around each of the shaft caps. That's what they call your mum, that is. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I was waiting for something. Slag heap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slag heap. Fine. 
Mm-hmm. I deserve that. Thanks for listening to Wiki Shuffle. Phil, how do you vote for us? Go on to Twitter. In fact, no, the easiest thing to do is go to wikishuffle.co.uk and there, front and centre, is a big blue button that says vote for us and then that will take you automatically through to your own Twitter account and tell you what to put in the tweet and hit send and that will register your support for us so we'd be very grateful. Good, good. Now, uh, this might be my last ever Wikishuffle podcast. Why? Why? Why is, why is that? Because I'm going to Euro... 2016 in France to see Germany versus Ukraine in Lille mm. um, and I've heard that terrorists might be there um. so I just wanted to use this podcast as sort of my last will and testament to, Okay. Um, in case I do die at the hands of ISIS or just you know a car crash or something like that it's fairly likely some shit's going to go down at some point during the tournament and Lille's convenient, conveniently placed halfway between Paris and Brussels so you know <laughs> Yeah, that's what terrorists do love convenience. So, yeah, if I die and you're listening to this and I'm dead, see ya. That's your last will and testament. (laughs) Barely seems worth issuing it if that's all you've got to say. (laughs) All right. Who gets your stuff? Come on. Not Chris. Yeah, not me. Phil, you can have my stuff. Hey! What kind of stuff, though? Who's. All right, no. What you got? Cash. I want cold, hard cash. No, I've got no cash. Uh, What about 30 quid? I'll have it. Nah, you're like a director. I'm going to give that to someone poor. I'm going to put it towards the Johnny Depp is innocent fund. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't think he's, he's want of supporters, unfortunately. Oh no, it's sad, isn't it? Anyway, I'm going to kill myself. No way, I'm going to die in Paris, that's it. I'm going to die in Paris. Shit, I've just revealed too much. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've heard somewhere that there's going to be an incident... I am the incident. Yeah, it's your wrestling name. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd like to say, Mum, I love you. That's it. That's it. What about to me? You go. What are you going to say to me? <laughs> Chris, you've been nothing but a ball ache. Okay. For fourteen years. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I'm never going to have to see you again. Okay. Good. Phil, it's been a pleasure, mate. Uh, listeners, thanks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Chris, what have you been up to? Got any stories? Any strange stories? No. Neither <laughs> <laughs> no. I. I've got I've, I've got no kind of stories this week. God, this is the episode that people are going to be listening to to check us out to see if we're worth hold on winning a Let podcast award. Let me think. No, <laughs> I've got no fun stories. Yeah, I haven't either. We'll see you again next week. Oh, you'll notice that there hasn't been a bonus episode announced yet for June. It's going to be coming a little bit late this this month, just through scheduling commitments, but it is coming. And we will be joined by... Should we reveal who it's going to be? Yeah. We're going to be joined by the host of our fellow nominated podcast, A Little Bit Racy. James Cottle is going to be joining us in the Wikishuffle studio later on this month. We're supposed to be recording this weekend, but we've not been able to. So it's going to be probably towards the end of June that James will be joining us and those special episodes will be coming out. That'll do for this week. (laughs) that's definitely worthy of a podcast award fucking hell there I've sworn I don't even care bye bye see you next week number 21 in the charts it's Sister Sledge and we are family
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.